0: D20 Radio, your gamers role. 20 radiocom
1: Welcome to me and Steve Talk RPG, the podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience.
0: Welcome back to me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm here with my friend Steve.
1: Who the hell are you?
0: Yeah, I know, right? It's been so long.
1: <laughs> it oh, has. It like the really last has. You and I, and as we record this, it's the 3rd of right for April. Right, April. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the 3rd of April.
1: Right. The last time you and I just, you and I sat down to record an episode, it was still January.
0: I know. It was cold out. Today it's gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely tomorrow gorgeous. it's supposed
1: to be like 75 and rainy.
0: Is it supposed to be rainy tomorrow? It's
1: supposed to rain like all day. Oh, that sucks. Oh well. So uh, yeah, we're it's it's both of us back here for the first time in a while. Hey,
0: they're calling for just clouds tomorrow for me. So well,
1: that's because you live down where you live. Uh, <laughs>
0: I can hear the banjos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just us today. Wow, been a minute.
1: Yeah, and <sighs> by the time everyone here well, like mm-hmm. the day after this releases, we're both getting the heck out of dodge
0: yeah yeah, because the- we're going to gamer nation con we'll be gone yeah yeah that'll work
1: Um, uh, which by the way just um i'm thinking as potential warning uh we might miss an episode because we're both going to be out of town for like four or five days and um, i don't think we will you don't think so
0: no because um not to to give inside baseball too far but this week is my episode, next week would be this episode, and then the week after would be my episode. I can hurry up and edit and have it scheduled to go off on a Tuesday. View. I'm
1: just saying, there may be a hiccup because we're going halfway across the country, staying there for four days, playing all kinds of games, and then coming back, and we're probably going to be tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true, but there might not be an actual,
1: I don't know. There might, might not. I don't know. It depends also because we have to get something recorded.
0: Yeah. Well.
1: So, in any case, if you if there is a gap, it is because we were off having fun playing games, and, and you uh, weren't <laughs> well, you might be, depending on who you are, yeah. So you may be hanging out with us the whole time and finding out just how crazy we really are uh, because See how we will wild be at,
0: the Steves can get
1: <laughs> gamer Nation Con in uh, Dallas, Texas, hanging out for four days of gaming goodness. I'm excited,
0: man. I am excited, you and me both, man. Speaking of which, we need to talk about a podcast on the network. We and I do. think no podcast on the network deserves a spotlight better than the story told podcast. The story told.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Story told. Logan Griffin, that is um it's a well it's a variety podcast. Um I would call it our slightly more narrative. Evil twin? Evil twin-ish <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Like they tend to focus on more narrative stuff. Um, sometimes Smaller darker. Names. A lot of, yeah, a lot of World of Darkness ish stuff, but also a lot of real indie stuff. Yeah, you know, we had Logan and Griffin on to talk about Changeling, right? Uh, not that long ago. Uh, I know they're currently doing an actual play of Promethean The Created. Yep. Yep. Um, which is called The Body Electric, I believe.
0: Which is super cool. Been listening to that. I also listened to their most recent episode, which dropped today, which was sandbox games and community building, which is something to be proud of. Man, that that is a really good podcast episode.
1: I have not listened to that one yet. I should check that out. You should because sandbox games are something that I'm fascinated with and and terrified of at the same time. Yeah, (laughs) because like, uh, well, you know, another podcast we both listen to. It's not part of the network, but that being the Mud and Blood feed. They're running a Warhammer fantasy sandbox thing. The GM that does that is just amazing at. Yeah. And I don't know how he juggles that much because he's also a full-time professor. I haven't
0: heard that yet, but I'm behind on due to job change and life change and all the shenanigans that go along with that. I am behind on my podcasts, but I I will have to... Yeah, when I when I saw Logan and Griffin drop that episode talking about sandbox gaming, I was like, I'm going to listen to this while I edit our
1: episode. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I cannot split my attention span that, well, I do split my attention span that much, and that's the problem.
0: See, the thing of it was, is that I was looking at uh, rendering, and it was saying like two hours, and I was like, oh, well, let's do a podcast in that time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. So... So, okay. So, yeah, go check out The Story Told. Um, I'll put a link to their feed in the show notes for anyone that uh, is curious. And, again, if you're going to be in the Dallas area, I don't know if there are any tickets still available. You can check it out on Tabletop Events. Uh, it's called Gamer Nation Con. Um, and there'll be a link in the show notes for that, too. Although, again, by the time this drops, it'll be starting in, like, two days. I'm just taking a look in a book for Reading Rainbow. I missed that show. I know it was a great show. Uh,
0: I'm just looking to see if there's any tickets available currently.
1: Seeing anything?
0: Okay, buy tickets, buy badges.
1: Like buy there badges? Are, technically,
0: yeah, there are standard badges still available. Okay, so that's seventy-five dollars for the four-day all-access badges.
1: There you go, which is not a bad deal because. Mm-mm. They're like 9 a.m. to 2 a.m. days.
0: Yes, they are.
1: And I mean, 75 bucks for a four day con badge isn't bad at all. No. Regardless, no. Um,
0: You figure four days, that is what? Less than than 20 bucks a day. Yeah.
1: And there's a huge board game library and all kinds of fun stuff.
0: But I'm excited. I I, am, honestly. Yeah. I am rolling off that plane in my cowboy boots and my Stetson, my bolo tie.
1: See, I'm just I actually I'm probably gonna wear my studio four oh four hat. Oh,
0: yeah. Well that's
1: the <laughs> listen to me,
0: tabletop RPG creators. If you want to make swag for your game, make me some baseball hats.
1: You know what I am really, really annoyed by? What evil that? hat does not sell hats.
0: Why does evil hat not sell
1: hats? We need to, like, look, it could be a, a friend that just says in evil. an evil hat I, to be I like... would wear it. Or just evil in the logo. Or just right? evil hat. Like, how does evil hat not sell hats? Just give me the eyeballs. <laughs> just give me the
0: eyeballs on a hat. Like, right? Like, I think. Do we have friends at evil hat? I think we do. We need to reach out and poke some I, friends I at evil hat and, and be and like,
1: make some friends at evil hat. Um, listen, we want to get I in your some stuff from evil hat. Yeah. Uh, they at make some cool Yeah, They Monster have a the pin. Week. Uh, band of Blades. Uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, folks. It's been a minute since we've talked. Welcome to the
0: attention span of the Steves. The ADHD is strong with this one. <laughs>
1: uh. So we're we're informally kind of in the midst of doing a supers game series. Um, you know, we did hybrids a little bit ago uh, <laughs> last. Last talk episode I talked to Michael about Prowlers and Paragons, which actually I'm really curious to try out because I like the way the game that game sounds as far as the mechanics.
0: Yeah, it seems really cool. I, I couldn't be there, but I listened to that episode and it was really cool.
1: Like it seems to hit that that line of it's still got some I don't want to call it crunch, but some like significant demarcation mm-hmm. without Oh my God, we got to figure out every detail.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so, so, so deep in there that it's impenetrable.
1: You know, it's a little bit granular, but not crunchy.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was picking up on that. I think that seems like a really cool game.
1: And I like the idea that basically, you know, the dice, okay, three or four through six is success, success or whatever. You know, three three phases are blank, three are successes, one of those three being a double. Mm -hmm. I like that. Simple, easy. Anyway. Yeah. So in that spirit, I've been talking with some of our Patreon supporters about us, you know, doing a kind of a, a series around supers games and so forth. And if any of them had any topics or specific things or people or et cetera, they'd like us to reach out to. And one thing that got brought up by uh, our friend Jesse was, uh, and I'll read his um, his post, it says, can I request an opinion piece from y'all about how F-20 games are basically just fantasy superheroes and how we can up those games by leaning into superhero genre tropes?
0: No, Jesse, you can never ask us questions like that ever
1: again. Of course. Okay. Well, not that that would stop him. Anyway. I know. <laughs> it's, that's, that's why I wonderful. said it. And Jesse will is is supposed to be at Gamer Nation Con also, so yeah. he may ask us many more questions. Oh then. no, <laughs>
0: I should be prepared. I take it.
1: <laughs> um, and and just for those who, why are you
0: uglier in person than you are online?
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those who may you know the F twenty, I'm mildly familiar with it, uh, probably due to me listening to Ken and Robin talk about stuff, and what they use it to refer to is basically d20 powered fantasy games that being yeah. pathfinder dungeons and dragons 13th age etc yeah, and i true. think that even extends even though they're not played with the d20 to like fantasy age you uh-huh. certainly probably uh shadow of the demon lord in a way or weird wizard or whatever the new one he's working on is powered by the same thing but yeah and and you and i have, have mentioned that you know i mean these characters really are superheroes well, yeah pretty
0: quickly I, I, I'm running into that now with my D and D game. Mm-hmm. I run one on Sundays and I'm, they're hitting about fifth level and I'm going, what, what can I throw at you? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm running into that now, but at the end of the day, they are sort of superheroes and especially in dungeons and dragons. Mm-hmm. There, there are other cases like there are other F 20 games like pathfinder that you can sort of play them a little bit more reserved. Mm -hmm. But in in fifth edition right now, currently, and and this has been the case for a long time now, but the fact of the matter is, is they are just superheroes and um, treat them as such. (laughs) I don't know. I I, I think some of that you can play up the, uh, so some of the, one of the big tropes in superhero media is the loved and hated trope, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the idea that you are uh, a loved and, and beloved superhero, but you are hated by the people that have to deal with the reckoning and deal with the aftermath of you being a superhero.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I think that's an interesting dynamic to throw at a, a fantasy game. And I think the idea of a townsfolk, you know, um, none of my players listen, so I can talk about this. This past Sunday, we had a, a combat where they were fighting a um, false hydra, a really cool being I'd found online a long time ago and was like, I'm stealing that. And the um, the arm, the, basically, the army had showed up and was firing cannon rounds at it. And rather than firing at it, because their dice weren't cooperating, they kept firing off and destroying the city around it. And so it was like oh, we've caused havoc, and now the townsfolk aren't happy with the with the adventurers because they feel like had these adventurers not come along, there wouldn't be all this havoc and wreckage. And that sets up for really fun, interesting stories you can tell, really fun, interesting, you know, player hooks mm-hmm. of like, hey, you need to redeem yourself in the eyes of this town, otherwise you're not going to be welcome back here. And there's like, good stuff here that you need.
1: <laughs> well, I think going along with that, there's two things. You know, you kind of mentioned the collateral, but also, you know, what about, and and you have a lot more experience in, in superhero media than I do, both comic books and, than others. But, you know, what about people, beings, whatever, coming to town, seeking to have it out with the adventurers?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you that's know, kind another of the rivalry thing. Is... In a way, that is kind of the that is kind of solution. That is the kind of solution to the problem that you posed in the past of like, what's to stop a bunch of fifth level adventurers from just setting up at a location and saying this is ours and never going adventuring again. Mm -hmm. You know, you've talked about high level adventuring parties just taking over a town and being like, this is our town. The solution to that is to go, all right, that's fine that just means that all of the bad guys are going to come to you rather than you go to them. Mm -hmm. And if they're emotionally attached to that location, they should care that somebody is coming in and destroying the place.
1: Well, and you can play up, you know, like, like you mentioned, you know, with your false hydra thing that the town is getting destroyed or screwed up because of these battles. And now you know, do the townspeople at some point go, Hey, look, look, we appreciate y'all being here, but, um, you got, we go. don't like, you know, having to rebuild everything around the town square every Tuesday. Right.
0: And, and rightfully so. And I think that's uh that's something interesting that you can absolutely play with when it comes to dynamics for storytelling with fantasy games and supers games. Uh, I think one of the things that I haven't gotten into with supers games yet that I really want to, and it's something that I get into with fantasy games a lot, is I haven't gotten into the interpersonal relationships. So for example, I'm a big fan of X-Men, specifically the comic books. In the X-Men comics, 90% of the good stories in X-Men are soap operas. It's all of this interpersonal stuff going on around various fights or various struggles, various enemies, you know, new villains showing up, new problems arising. But it's also the fact that Cyclops and Jean Gray are married and and having having it out with each other, right
1: mm-hmm.
0: there There are full comic pages of relationship squabbles happening in between punches being thrown. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And that's something that's really cool in superhero media that I don't think has gotten translated well in movies particularly, but it does work in the comics and something I would love to do in a game. However, and this is just me being honest, I don't want to run supers games. (laughs) I want to play in supers (laughs) games.
1: Are you talking kind of in a sense, playing up kind of the Legolas Gimli feud? And I use quotes on that.
0: Yeah, it, you know it's 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 these interpersonal struggles that fantasy does really well. That supers I haven't got to see, but although again I haven't got to play a long running supers game. True, right? Like every supers game we've played, or every supers game I've participated in, has been either a short campaign or a one shot or something amazing running by run by Alex, right? Mm-hmm. But. It's, it's always just these short little digestible bits Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that I think if you were to ever run a long running thing, adding more interpersonal drama would be very interesting, right?
1: Well, and I think, right, going back to some of the game, you know, D and D, whatever that we played, some of the most fun we had was the in character giving each other crap.
0: Oh, I, I absolutely agree. At my table right now, I have a character named Ugg, and sort of you know anybody that knows a little bit about clothing and anything like that. There's a brand of boots called Ugg boots, right? Mm-hmm. The table has taken to calling him Fuzzy Boots because <laughs> it's it's funny, and the the guy that plays that character is cool with it. He laughs, he has a good time, but it's you know it's it's that like being giving each other a hard time picking on each other in combat. You know, you whiffed a shot and somebody goes, Hey, that's not how you do that. <laughs> they just do it better for you. Right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's that type of thing that, and, and, you know, I love this hobby. I love almost all parts of this hobby, except for, you know, there are certain subjects, certain groups that I don't care for, but I love, I love the camaraderie this hobby brings and and how everybody comes together and jokes with each other and you know but I forgot how fun D&D can be right mm-hmm. and and I haven't talked about this cuz I we haven't recorded in a minute I've been running this game and I I completely forgot how much fun at this this game I can have with D&D because we've been talking about it as, as so much recently outside of actually playing the game I forgot sure. how much fun it is to to have a new player come in and and learn the ropes and then le- realize that. So I had a conversation with somebody this past Sunday who was very, very green, very had no idea what tabletop RPGs really were, but was interested in it was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm interested in trying it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I had to have the conversation of like, they're, they're like, well, how do I get good? And Like, there isn't really a getting good. Right? Like, play the game. That's how you get good. Right? <laughs> and I had to explain to them that tabletop RPGs, and specifically D&D, is 90% improv, 10% math. <laughs> right? Yeah. If you can wrap your head around that, you can have a great time in this hobby. Because just make something up, and everybody at the table is going to be like, that is great.
1: Right. And I think, though, and 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 maybe some of the sourness that's been in our conversations comes from the table we were playing at for a while and the obsession that kind of happened there about
0: rules over fun,
1: rules and efficacy over. Mm-hmm. Gee, that seems cool. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like we've talked exactly. That the character I made for a one-shot that you ran was this dwarven ranger. With a bear. This is familiar. Well, this idea grew out of a gnome riding a bear is where it started in my head. And then I'm like, but if I have a dwarf with a big, bushy black beard riding a bear, maybe it just looks like a bear with eyeballs coming out of this really weird extended thing on top of it. You know, as it was this image in my head of this dwarf whose beard is so big and it just blends into the bear. Right.
0: Well, I, we. I had a conversation at my table. I had a a new player join us. He rolled up with a Dwarven Cavalier. Cavalier is one of the newer classes added by, um, what do you call that? Uh, Xanathar's Guide. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing with Cavalier is they're sort of a mounted combat class. So he's like, I got a dwarf. He's got a Warthog. And the Warthog's tusks have all these like Dwarven runes all over them and He's telling me about this character, and I'm like, this is awesome. This is great. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I, I was worried you were going
1: to be like, oh, man, you can't play that. I'm like, no, this character is dope. <laughs> well, like, but it sounds like, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm still getting over this cold thing.
0: Oh, you um, and me both. <laughs> I had but Sinus infection that won't go away. So,
1: Yeah, uh, but it sounds like he's doing all this stuff. Not that there's any particular mechanical anything to this stuff it's just really cool set dressing
0: yeah exactly exactly there's no like yeah there's a mechanical advantage to him being on mounted on uh, in combat yeah sure that's his whole character is built around that but it's Mm. not like it's set dressing it's this is a cool idea for a character and the really cool thing is, and I've, I've never seen anybody play a dwarf this way. He's playing him as though he's Russian. I've seen dwarves played a lot. And most of the time, they're short and almost Tolkien-esque uh, Irish dwarves, right? Mm-hmm. Drunken. He's like, no, the guy's name's Ivor. I'm like, that is cool, man. That is dope. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I love it. I love the creativity that comes in this hobby. But again, we're talking about a character who, out of context, if you're talking about this same character, sounds like a superhero.
1: In ways, yeah, right? What
0: do you do? I ride a pig. This really short guy with a really massive beard came riding in on a pig and beat the bad guy. That would be a great superhero story.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I I think the thing I took away the most out of playing super stuff specifically with Alex was just go big. Oh yeah. Go for the splash page for lack of a better way to say it.
0: What I think some of that, and I think this was some of what Jesse was hitting at with his question, but some of that's lost on fantasy. I think some people lose the forest through the trees and they forget to just go ham, let your players fight the biggest, baddest thing and let them have a cool ass story to tell when they walk away from it. Mm-hmm. Go nuts. Let them do the wild thing and that's the best stories that come out of out of fantasy role playing is it's not when we spent 20 minutes doing, you know, yeah, it's cool when you tell a story of like, oh, well, we we spent 20 minutes doing diplomatic, you know, negotiations trying to trying to, you know, Keep these two factions from warring. Yeah, that's neat, and uh, there's a lot of people that really enjoy doing that mm-hmm. type of role play. But for the most part, those people also enjoy like, oh yeah, we we were hanging out at the bar, and then all of a sudden there was a bar fight, and then we went outside, and there was a dragon, and the dragon we fought the dragon, and you know it's those type of stories, right?
1: Right, and and look, I mean, I guess the thing for me is I need both, right? Like. Yeah, just all over the top stuff I get you get I don't want to say overwhelmed I get oversaturated
0: yeah you get numb to
1: it but it
0: it's that balance of it's the balance of narrative story and over the top combat fighting these things that are really cool and then you got to calm it down you can't you can't go 11 all of the time right but it's it's also about Walking away from the game going, oh, man, that was awesome. I can't wait to play next week or I can't wait to play in two weeks or whenever. Mm -hmm. That's the thing you got to keep in your head. Yeah. And and I I think that gets lost in fantasy is like sometimes like we did it. You get into a dungeon crawl and it's like, oh, is this dungeon ever going to end? I feel like most dungeons really should only be at most a session or two. I mean, I feel like if you're in a a dungeon for more than a session or two, like two sessions at most, if you're in a dungeon for more than two sessions, you're either hopelessly lost and the DM needs to be portraying it as you're hopelessly lost, or the players are going to get bored with that just constant, all right, I'm going to kick in the door, we're going to kill the things in the room, we're going to move around the hallway.
1: Okay, so... Let me ask you this, because you know I've watched some some of the superhero t v series, some of the Marvel movies, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do this in the comic books, but one thing that most visual media does specifically in in that genre they change scenes fairly quickly, which is kind of what you're saying in this stuff about the dungeons right
0: yeah don't don't dwell on a room. It goes back to this idea that if your players If your players miss a puzzle piece, don't hold it over their head and don't hinder that progress. Let them get to the door and realize that they're missing a puzzle piece and go, oh, no, where is that puzzle piece? And then give it to them shortly. Right. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) if they go back a room, put it in that room they went back to. Don't make them go all the way back because they had no idea in the first place where it was. Mm -hmm. Just give it to them let them get through like you can give them some difficulty and and not give them all the puzzle pieces but don't make them go back through a dungeon trying to search for some little trinky dink you know like yeah does that make sense yeah
1: (laughs) no no i get exactly what you're saying yeah just just so to speak keep it moving
0: yeah and that's the big thing with dungeons is keep it moving
1: so okay Um, one of another kind of thought that was rattling around my head and this actually pertains, initially I was thinking in terms of like professional wrestling Mm -hmm. about turns, not as in, you know, whose turn is it, but as in the heel face turns. Right now, maybe a little hard to do that with your PCs if you're running a game, but I think, and I think this is something that I'm pretty sure you do see quite a bit in superhero media is forcing them to work with characters that they thought were heels or doing face heel turns with NPCs,
0: yeah, yeah no, all not all NPCs I always have some plan to have a either a heel turn or a face turn in an NPC. That makes for interesting that makes for interesting dynamics with the party. Because especially if it's somebody they trusted. And, and this is something that it's easy to do in fantasy. They interact with a shopkeep all the time. It's just, you know, oh, yeah, that's Bob. We like Bob. Well, one day, Bob just disappears. And then next thing you know, Bob's the big bad evil guy, right? The BBEG. Mm-hmm. Now Bob's a problem. Now we got to kill Bob. Now we have a moral dilemma because Bob's the problem.
1: Bob that ran the magic shop is actually the head of the evil wizards guild.
0: Right. Exactly. That's exactly my point is just if you think in your head, you're like, man, this is cool, but it's dumb. Do it. Do it. Do it. it. Because honestly, the best RPGs are played in that realm of this is cool, but trying to explain it is the dumbest thing in the world. (laughs) Yeah. If it's hard for you to verbalize to somebody who doesn't play tabletop RPGs why something is cool you know you're doing something right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And look, I, I think as much as we're talking about just kind of going over the top here, and I think that is great fun. Also be aware that you may have players at your table who don't want a steady diet of that and may only want smatterings of it.
0: Right. And if that's the case, work with those players, work with the rest of your table, and find a balance that works for your table. Right. Mm -hmm. I perform more narrative games. My table performs. My table prefers more action adventure games or action oriented games. I try to find a healthy balance in that by giving them at least one combat per session while simultaneously doing a lot of narrative fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So I give them at least one decent sized combat during the session, especially on more narrative days. That scratches their itch when it comes to them wanting to be murder hobos. And then at the same time, they, they have to conversate and, and deal with political intrigue at, at, after the combat's over again, it goes back to the, the townspeople aren't happy that you just blew a hole in the side of their church.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, but I think, isn't this too, in a way we're saying use contrast which I think is something that's done in a lot of different ways with superhero stuff, be it thematic in terms of colors, attitudes, you know, yeah. just, but the, but the, that contrast makes it, it just to, to go food analogy. If you drench everything in hot sauce all the time, it doesn't taste hot anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. It's that sweet and salty. That's why that works. Right. right.
1: You know, you have to, or, or I don't say you have to, but think about it's it. very effective to mix it up. Not all in one big pot, but you have a dish that's more salty, a dish that's more sweet, a dish yep. that's more spicy, and you move between them.
0: A tool in your arsenal. Mm-hmm. Always think about it as having a tool in your arsenal. Always think about having a toolbox mm-hmm. when you're when you're when you're like, especially for. Especially for newer people running games and sometimes older people that have been running games, you know, people that have been running for a long time. Don't think about it that way. But yeah, it's, it's a tool in your arsenal. It's a, it's, it's a tool in the toolbox that we can use to do the thing we need to do.
1: Okay. So that actually made me think talking about tools and toolboxes, Uh something that I see in a lot of superhero stuff. Right. Is gadgets. Oh, the MacGuffins, gadgets, be it you know rockets, assorted whatever the heck they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman in his belt of many things. Um, in 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 simple terms, those can just be magic items. But I think it can be a lot of fun if you let and encourage players to use things sideways, for lack of a better way to say it.
0: Yeah. So I um. I recently went through and gave all of my players some magical items just as like a because they wanted them and I wanted to give them some cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting to ask the players and be like, "Okay, you walk into a shop that has magic items. What are you looking for? And then they tell you, oh, I want one of these, you know, and it's not always like I want a sword of plus four smiting. It's like a lot of times it's, it's simple stuff. Like I want better armor. I would like to make my, one of the things that I did that was really funny. I had a guy that asked, he's like, I would like to make my thrown axes come back to me. I'm like, okay, we could figure that out. Mm-hmm. Well, how, are, how attached are you to them being axes? Well, I mean, not really. Why? Like, well, I can give you a thrown boomerang. He has a set of metal boomerangs. You throw them, they come back to you. It, mm-hmm. r- rather than you being able to use strength to throw them, you just have to use dax. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that sort of is like, oh, that's cool. And that's a weird way to like solve a problem that the player had identified and simultaneously not have to go too overpowered because the boomerangs are practically the same damage as an axe.
1: Okay. Right? so I'm going to ask you a question that popped into my head because of this discussion. Uh And I'm pretty sure when I ask it, you go, Steve, you're the only person who would ask me this question. How much better of a pry bar is a magic sword than a non magic sword?
0: Um, it's actually worse. I would imagine a magic sword is a worse pry bar. It's kind of like a nice screwdriver. You know, you have like a nice long screwdriver Mm -hmm. and you use it as a pry bar once and it's up forever Well, it's screwed up forever. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like that. <laughs> like, forever, it's got just a little bit... Like, the the blade's just a little bit twisted and always going to be wrong. And every time you use it, you're going to be like, oh, man, why did I go and use this as
1: a pry bar? But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and like I, I get exactly what you're saying. But theoretically, a magic oh, sword theoretically, is a magic sharper, sword should more be more a... resilient, etc. Nah, yeah,
0: but I always... When I give out magic items, I always give them boons. Even at high level, I give magic items boons. Nothing, nothing comes with like you're never going to get a magic item in a game that I run that doesn't come with some sort of bad d- downside, right? Mm-hmm. Just like those boomerangs I was talking about, they're they're a, a thrown weapon that that you can't use strength for. Or mm-hmm. I gave. Uh, I gave my druids some, some like leather armor that was magical and that was pretty much it. It was just sort of magical. Um, it was pretty much standard leather armor that was magical that just shapeshift to their size so that they could, you know, it adds a little bit of AC bonus, but it's also not, you know, extra better armor. Right. Mm-hmm in any time I do magic items, I always add some sort of boon. So in my mind, yeah, the idea that a, that a magic sword is sharper, better, whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is I'm never going to just put a generically magical sword. That's slightly better in my world. Mm -hmm. I'm always going to have some sort of, it's some sort of lore, some sort of story behind it, some sort of, you know, I did that when I was younger. I, I, Didn't really understand. I didn't have a firm grasp on how I felt about magic items. So all of my magic items were like, I don't know. It's a wand of plus one. What Mm -hmm. does a wand of plus one do? Uh, It gives you plus one to your spell attack DC, right? Mm -hmm. That's not very creative. Instead, I've started in being like, what's it's a, it's a wild magic surge crossbow. Well, what does Mm -hmm. that mean? Well, it's a regular crossbow, but the bolts all fire, um, and when they land, they cause a wild magic surge.
1: <laughs> or they have a chance to or
0: Oh no, they yeah. they, just <laughs> they just cause do. they just do.
1: So on this sort of weird train of thought, and I think again, this is something you see happen a decent amount in in various superhero using items creatively. Mm-hmm. You know, be it um like the one that that I and this is one where I, I feel like it's really easy to game, you know, but like the catapult spell in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. So let's say I we we kill some bad guys and one of them has a bow and a quiver. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say I'm a, a a caster that has the catapult spell. So I take the quiver of arrows, yeah, take them all out, put them all in pointing and out and then catapult the whole quiver at yeah. somebody.
0: Well, then you've made yourself a
1: superhero. That... But what I'm saying is, <laughs> by the rules, that does the same damage as one of those arrows. Oh, yeah. That's not fair. And I don't mean to say that No, but they should get to do that every time.
0: That's, that's when you're, 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 you as a, a player goes, I'd like to go find a magic item shop. And you go buy better arrows. You go, hey, I'm. you tell your DM, I'm looking for like magical arrows. And you figure out what that means. And then mm-hmm. you go buy magical arrows that maybe deal more damage. And now you use the catapult spell and it deals more damage than you would with a crossbow.
1: Mm-hmm. But I guess what I'm saying is, right, like I, what I'm not looking to do is create an exploit necessarily. In a, no. in a video game term, but if you have a player that does what I just described in in a moment, I think there should be some reward for that. For you saying, "Okay, you were creative in this," Okay. so I'll let it do this special thing.
0: That's where that's where, especially in Fifth Edition D anD D, the inspiration points thing comes from. Because if you're being especially creative. They're, at least in the way I play it, and this is the way I, I don't know how the rules really state to do this, but the way I always play it, I always described it as a homebrew thing where if you do something especially cool, I will give you an inspiration point. If you Mm -hmm. do something, whether it be especially cool in combat or narratively or any of that, I'll give you inspiration, meaning that. You get one inspiration point, and that's good for either advantage or a reroll, right? Mm-hmm. So, advantage meaning that, but you have to pick it before you, you have to pick what you're doing before you like actually spend the point, right? So, you have to announce, hey, I'm going to go ahead and use my inspiration point here to get either advantage or I'm going to use my inspiration point to get a reroll. Cause I feel like I'm going to roll really low on this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how I play inspiration. That's, that's why I, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, you just, you just do the thing. But yeah, I think as a DM, you should reward your players. Mm-hmm. I, I think you should absolutely reward your players in some way or another for being especially creative with whether it be their skills, their abilities, their spells, or their weapons, tools, items. Mm-hmm. People, if you're especially creative in how you manipulate people, for example, they talked their way out of a bank vault recently (laughs) Mm -hmm. by convincing the guards that one of the other guards was stealing the gold and not them. (laughs) (laughs) They did that because they did that through just like planting stuff on him and using some creative uses for the spell mage hand and. That got rewarded with them getting, you know, everybody gets a bunch of gold and some inspiration out of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like you said, you know, sometimes maybe you can mechan- sometimes you just reward it in that something works better than the mechanics say it should. Right. Yeah. But I think, you know, like you missed the session, the session, um, I got to play in it with uh fat crab and oh, as we yeah. played uh shadow, a uh, shadow with the beanstalk adventure. And we had these items that it is this was in Genesis, so you have you know strain management is a thing, right? Well, we had these items that were effectively a stress a a, a stress point uh, stim pack. We'll call it right. You slap it on, you get you know five or whatever stress back. But in this case, you then also had the disoriented quality for the next. I don't remember the time frame. Yeah okay, clearly this is intended for you to be able to recharge your strain, but at a penalty. Well, I saw these and this popped into my head and I got a chance to do it. Actually, as we opened the fight with the big boss, the big bad guy, I'm like, okay, I do this, this, and this. And I said, and I'm not trying to hit him to damage him. I said, I'm just trying to hit him with one of these, they were called slot patches.
0: Right. You're just trying to disorient, and him.
1: and I could hear Micah, who was gming, like looking at me through the computer, going, "What? What? I said, yeah, I know he's full on sh- on on strain. I just want to hit him with a disorient for the whole c- combat." Yeah, yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, "Wow, I would never, you know, I would never have thought of turning this thing that was effectively a healing potion into an offensive weapon."
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You just gotta. That's one of those, damn, that's cool. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> that is that is my exact response to most things when my players do something cool. That's why, the. so I talked a little bit about it a second ago. Wild Magic Surge crossbow bolts, okay? I, I said, oh, and he has these Wild Magic Surge crossbow bolts. And they were like, oh, how does that work? I'm like, well, you tell me, how do you think they would work? And they're like, well, I think, and they explained this whole thing where When fired upon hitting, right? So if you miss, it doesn't do anything. But when you hit the target that you're aiming at, the crossbow bolt causes a wild magic surge on the target that you hit. Mm -hmm. That can be good and bad. On multiple occasions, it's caused the target that they've hit to teleport five feet Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the next round, or teleport 20 feet for the next round, which has meant in one particular case... The guy they shot died when during that shot and he just boom 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 boom, boom dead. <laughs> like <laughs> like his last moments were confused as all get out. But recently in the last combat they had, he fired one, actually he fired two, but he fired one that hit and caused ominous music to start playing. So effectively, he just started the boss music. <laughs> <laughs> And then the other one was like, I don't know. I think there's a wild magic surge that you heal X amount of points. Mm-hmm. So you heal the thing you were trying to kill. Congratulations. Your wild magic surge has backfired on you. There's enough boons and banes on that wild magic surge surge table that it, you don't have to have just the percentage of it hitting. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's stuff like that where it's like, how goofy can we get? Let's go. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, you see that in the super stuff, particularly that goofiness is kind of a thing.
0: Thor is a being that flies by the weight of his unliftable hammer. He swings it around and throws it in the air and it pulls him along. That is how Thor flies through the air. (laughs) Fair enough. Like that's, that is the perfect example of this entire conversation that we're having is. Thor flies because he throws his hammer and his hammer weighs so much that it just pulls him along. <laughs> who needs physics? It, it pretty much. Oh, who else? There's other ones that do goofy things like that. Like, um, Spider-Man has hairy palms. That's how he climbs on walls. Like, you know, in, in a lot of that, yeah, that's Marvel. Wonder woman flies around in an invisible jet. What does that mean? A lot of things to a lot of people that could mean that her jet is invisible and everybody inside of it. Or if you're a family guy, you like to make the joke that the jet is invisible, but everybody inside of it is visible.
2: <laughs> hmm.
0: Right. So Batman is a rich guy. That's what he does best. hmm. So it's, you know, supers and supers and fantasy gaming, they're practically the same and playing into the same tropes. Sure. Why not? Mm hmm. You have any final thoughts on this before we move into I think we're getting close to moving into game of the week.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean I think it's just like you said, just sometimes if it seems fun, do it. And and you know, but you see that like in the MCU, whatever, where some of the it's it's freaking loony. Yeah. But they do it and it seems fun. It does. It,
0: and nobody's arguing about that. Like Right. It's it's goofy, but
1: why not and i think the thing to keep in mind you know because as much fun as i would have doing that if that's the only game i was playing i would get tired of it quickly for yeah. me yeah i agree um you know there's a place for all of it right if you want to play dirty gritty serious you know old world warhammer stuff cool then and it, and if that's the tone that you all agreed to play in then maybe the superhero tropes don't belong. But if well, you're playing, I am going to say generic fantasy and I don't mean it as a bad thing, but just kind of your stereotypical, you know, F20 fantasy forgotten realms, Lord of the Rings, right? Whatever. whatever. Play it up. Have some fun with it.
0: Yeah. I, I couldn't see myself doing like, I couldn't do superhero tropes in something like Morkboard. It doesn't right. work. It does. I mean, that would be hilarious, but it doesn't work
2: because
0: mm-hmm. in Morkborg, if a dragon lands on the ground, everybody dies. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you just you don't even have a combat. It's you're dead before you even see like you hear the flap of its wings and you're just dead. Mm-hmm. And and that's funny. I mean, that, that's man. That's some of what makes that game great. But in something like D&D, Dragon Land's on the ground, and it's a Tuesday. <laughs> so.
1: All right. Yeah. Let's move into Game of the Week. Game of the Week. Game of the Week. Game of the Week. You yes, good? Neither of them have Man, No,
0: apparently not. Ugh. <laughs> well, I have my game, but I want you to go first.
1: Okay. Well, I have one picked out. Or actually, this is a supplement, not a game. But um, let me write it down here real quick. All right, and let me send you this link in the green room because this is kind of a long one. So what I found—it's actually a supplement for Mothership. Ooh. But I feel <laughs> like this could be—oh, I looked at this for a so half a much second. fun to use. And heck, you could even tear it apart and use it as golems in a fantasy game. Yeah, in a cyberpunk game or whatever. This is called. Proxy MT's Used Android Catalog. And and part of what hit me with this, right, is this is just a little 12-page player-facing zine set as an in-universe thing in the Mothership role-playing game. But this reminded me so much, just looking at the way this is described, of so many of the, like the Chromebooks and stuff for Cyberpunk 2020. You know, it's it's written as like a magazine that you might pick up on a newsstand in Universe. That's you know,
0: so cool. And then it's written in French and badly translated to English. Mm-hmm. And then there's also if you if you get the plain text document, you can read the actual French translated. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, and that's so cool.
1: Yeah, like I said, this is this little, basically just pages from this Android catalogs, right? And, you know, they could be new NPCs, even maybe new PCs, potential antagonists, whatever. But, I mean, it's eight bucks. But this just feels like so much, and and, and I haven't bought it yet, right? But it feels like so much imagination fodder. Just, and and that's like I said, you and I both, you know, we've we've gushed about it before. But that was the coolest things about, like, the Solo of Fortune books or the Chromebooks, was it was like... They were an in universe catalog, right? They weren't game stats, necessarily. I mean, it had game stats, but it that wasn't its primary thing. so yeah, like I'll you know there'll be links to this in the show notes like always, but this is called proxy mt's used Android catalog an in Universe scene for Mothership RPG. So maybe I win longest game of the week title,
0: yeah, so I have a game uh by a by a a uh... Friend of the show and very cool person in general. Okay. I have a game that is a, um, it's a two-player game. You need a, a, a game master and one hero. Okay. It is by Egg Embry Publishing, created by Egg Embry. Mm-hmm. It is the Off Face Tribute Game. Okay. It is Face Off, made for lasers and feelings. Okay. I'll send it to you.
1: Yeah, send me the link to this. There you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pay what you want.
0: FBI special agent stopping a homicidal mastermind. While the villain's in a coma, you have to take their face and talk to people and make an unorthodox plan. And I'm sorry. I love this the Nicolas Cage movie face off. And I am absolutely down. Down for a two-player game where what we're doing is 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 uh face off
1: this actually does that sounds really fun and i think the lasers and feelings mechanic would work exceptionally well for this
0: yeah yeah i think it's going to be cool mhm i picked it up and i'll i'll be taking it with me to uh gamer nation con
1: <laughs> <laughs> what did you do i sat in the corner and played off face with steve
0: yeah Oh, well, hey! You get a you'll get a, a a button for playing it with me.
1: <laughs> oh yeah! All right. So I guess I mean that sounds like that's it for, for us for this week.
0: Yeah, I think with with all that being said, we want to remind everyone to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs.
1: Yep. Take care, y'all. And uh, and if you're going to be at Gamer Nation Con, we'll see you there. Have fun. intro and outro
0: music by the band 12 noon you can email us at me and at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at and rpgs find us on facebook at me and steve rpg podcast on discord at me and steve rpgs and as always all of these links are in the show notes thank you and be kind to one another
2: for the cigar. Cigar 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.
1: Last talk episode, I talked to uh Michael from about Pop blah
2: blah.